welcome back to another episode of Chew the Bible. It is still August 5th. It's Thursday. It was a beautiful day today. Even though I didn't, I didn't go outside at all today. Yeah, I took I took the day off and handled some things I needed to take care of. So um, I just realized I never stepped foot outside of this apartment today. But anyway, it looked it looked beautiful through the window. The sun was shining. So anyway, as we've been doing before, as we've been doing this whole time, we've been reading Psalm 34 because it's really been speaking to me. So Psalm 34, we're on verse. Verse 10. I was supposed to read verse 10 last time. I was supposed to read, actually read verse 10, but I didn't. So we're going to read it this time. And we'll go from 10 to verse 15. Let me highlight that so I know where. I'm, there we go. I know where to leave off. All right. So it says, even strong young lions. Once again, this is Psalm 34, verse 10 through 15. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry. But those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? That's a question. Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. I was just reading that in James today, talking about the tongue. Turn away from evil. It's a fire. Tongue is a fire. Go read James. It's not that long. Just read the whole book of James. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to the cries. His ears are open to their cries for help. What in the world is this live doing? It is straight up glitching out. Hold on a second. I need to unplug this. <laughs> wow, that was. Hold on a second. That's not it. Are you done tripping out? Did you see that, Carolyn? I think it's because I got it plugged in. Yeah, I think it was a plug because it plugged into my laptop. Because it's doing the same thing over here. All right, everything is fully charged anyway. We don't need them chargers. I was like, what in the world? Why is my phones acting like they cray cray? All right, sorry, y'all. On the podcast, y'all can't see what I'm talking about. Um, My phones are glitching out uh, that I'm broadcasting and recording on the video anyway where was i the eyes of the lord watch over those who do right his ears are open to their cries for help we'll stop there dear heavenly father we thank you lord that yes even lions sometimes go hungry or some people say hungry hungry and but those who trust in the lord we don't like any good thing lord we put our put our trust in you uh, we thank you, Lord, we can listen to you and that you teach us the fear of the Lord every day. Every single moment of every day, you're constantly teaching us the fear of the Lord if we're willing to listen. 
And I thank you, Lord, that, yeah, we all desire to have a a prosperous life, to live a long life and a prosperous life, to live our best lives. And um, in order to do that, according to your word here, it says that we need to keep our tongue from speaking evil and our lips from keep telling lies. So I pray we repent for any way that we've spoken evil. Help us to be very mindful of the words that come out of our mouths, that we would speak life and not death, because there is life and death in the power of the tongue. And uh, yeah, help our lips from not from not telling lies or gossiping or whatever, all the different forms of sin that our malice can can do. Help us to turn our tongues and yeah. Also, Lord, help us to turn away from evil. That was also in James I was reading. Yeah, help us to turn away from evil and do good. Help us to search for peace. To search it out. Peace is something that has to be searched out, Lord. Help us to do that um, and work to maintain it. It takes work to maintain peace. Peace doesn't just maintain itself. We have to work to do it. So help us to do that. And we thank you, Lord, that your eyes are always watching over us uh, when we do right. Even when we don't do right, God, you help us to do right. And you, you are watching over us. And your ears are open to our cries for help, God. Ultimately, because your son, Jesus, who was perfect, the only one that ever did right and everything that he did was sinless in all of his ways. That's why we, you look on us and you watch over us and hear our cries all because of your son, Jesus. We thank you for that. And praise we go into Numbers 31, which you continue to transform my minds, transform my hearts, speak to us and uh, give us uh, any new revelation that you might want to give us, Lord. In Jesus', Jesus mighty name, I pray. Amen. All right, so Numbers 30 was talking about regulations about vows. Um, Moses told all the tribal leaders, like, hey, when a man makes a vow, he's supposed to keep it. So just being a man of integrity, a man of his word, when he let your yea be yea, your nay be nay. I quoted some scriptures from James and Ecclesiastes. And then women, it shows, because back then women didn't have, like, pretty much any rights uh, so when they made a vow um, your, your father or your husband could basically your father when you were underage could say hey, whether or not that vow was valid and you had to keep it or your husband who was your covering could do that so it's a hard concept just for us to understand in modern day times because we've gone away far from that uh, I won't talk too much deep into that right now we'll save that for some other episodes um but yeah this is just talking about the importance of covering and yeah making sure our words uh what we say we're going to do when we make a vow that we actually follow through with it and be very careful about what vows that we make i'm learning that myself i've learned that a lot since especially when i was uh in the corporate world it's so easy to like say yes to everything and agree to do stuff like and then later on you're like oh man why did i agree to do that or just or you had situations where you had to cancel oh hey yeah that's something i hate having to do we had to cancel something like oh i totally double book things or you know so yeah just being very careful about you know agreeing to stuff so all right 
ver, uh, Numbers 31. War with Midian. The Lord spoke to Moses, execute vengeance for the Israelites against the Midianites. After that, you will be gathered to your people. So Moses spoke to the people, equip some of your men for war. They will go against Midian to inflict the Lord's vengeance on them. Send 1,000 men to war from each Israelite tribe. So 1,000 were recruited from each Israelite tribe out of the thousands in Israel. 12,000 equipped for war. Moses sent 1,000 from each tribe to war. They went with Phinehas. Y'all remember Phinehas, the Nubian? He's the one... Um, there's a couple cool things about him. He's a brother. And he's the one who killed old dude. Um, basically, yeah. he The guy that was like defiling the camp. He brought a woman to the camp that he wasn't supposed to. Because um, God had just struck down a bunch of the children of Israel for uh, sleeping with these pagan women that were causing them to serve, you know, worship pagan gods. Go back to the episode. I can't remember which one it was, but it's talking about Phinehas. And yeah, he, there was this guy, yeah, he brought a woman that he wasn't supposed to bring into the camp. Yeah, because they were worshiping Baal. And da, 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 yes, it was Numbers 25. Yep. And Phinehas, so son of Eleazar, son of Aaron the priest, uh, what was the guy that what, what was he doing an Israelite man came came bringing a Midianite woman to his relatives in the sight of Moses and the whole Israelite community while they were weeping at the entrance of the tent of meeting yeah so he wasn't supposed to bring that woman up in there and uh, yeah Phinehas drove a sword is that what he did yeah in his zeal I don't know if it was a sword, but he struck them dead. Yeah, where is it? Anyway, yeah, he killed him. He killed the woman and the man. We presume it was why they were having sleeping together. The God okayed it. Phinehas was like, "Hey, we y'all y'all should know better to bring up. We y'all just lost all these folks." Anyway, Zinnias was a—he's a zealous man for God. He didn't play around. He took sin seriously, just like God took sin seriously. Uh, okay, so back to the story. Verse or where we're at. Uh, verse six. Moses sent out one thousand from each tribe to war. They went with Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the priest, in which whose care were the holy objects and signal trumpets. They waged war against Midian. That's wild because he killed a Midianite woman and that guy. Anyway, wow. Okay, so they waged war against Midian as the Lord had commanded Moses and killed every male along with the others slain by them. They killed the Midianite kings, Evi, Rechem, Zur, Hur, and Reba. Although there's a show called Reba. Reba McIntyre, the country singer. Y'all know, you know who that is, Carolyn? I'll ask you afterward. Uh, hold that thought if you're still here. All right, the five kings of Midian. They also they also killed Balaam, son of Baor, with the sword. Y'all remember Balaam? He was the one that was trying to uh, get... Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Is this the same Balaam? 
hold on, this is the same Balaam that Balak was trying to recruit to curse the children of the Israelites. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Are there two Balaams? Hold on, I gotta look this up because that's gonna. I need to know this. Was Balaam from. Is. Ba were there two different Balaams? Oh, I forgot my internet on my laptop. I don't have it turned on. All right. Were there two different Balaams? Ahithophel of the house of Israel and Balaam of the heathen nations were the two great sages of the world who fell into show gratitude that Balaam, son of Baor. Every ancient reference to Balaam considers him a non-Israelite, a prophet, and the son of Baor. Balaam, a non-Israelite prophet, described in the Old Testament as a diviner who is in, in importuned by Balak, the king of Moab, to place a malediction on the people of Israel who are camped. Okay, we already know all that. All right. So, yeah, somewhere in between, Balaam did something that God didn't like. And so, he ends up getting killed, too, in addition to these Midianite kings. I'll do some more research later on what exactly he did. I'm still confused on that. Because I thought Balaam was on God's good side after, you know, the donkey start, you know, the whole donkey incident. The donkey talks to him. It's like, why are you beating me? And then guy like stops him from tells him not to go to Balak. And he Balaam refuses to curse the children of Israel multiple times. He even turns down Balak's money. But somewhere after that, Balaam still did something that God didn't like. So he ends up getting killed. They also killed Balaam, son of Baor, with a sword. The Israelites took the Midianite women and their dependents captive, and they plundered all their cattle, flocks, and property. They Then they burned all the cities where the Midianites lived, as well as all their encampments, and took away all the spoils of war and the captives, both people and animals. They brought the prisoners, animals, and spoils of war to Moses, the priest, Eleazar and the Israelite community at the camp on the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho. Moses, the priest, Eleazar, and all the leaders of the community went to meet them outside the camp. But Moses became furious with the officers, the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds who were returning from the military campaign. Have you let every female live? He asked them. Yet they are the ones who, at Balaam's advice, incited the Israelites to unfaithfulness against the Lord in, pay, in the Peor incident. 
Ah, so that the plague came against the Lord's community. So now kill every... All right, so somewhere... All right, the incident right before in Numbers 25... So, yeah, there was the incident in Peor. So Israel aligned itself with Baal of Peor. Somehow, Balaam convinced the Israelites that it was like a bunch of Israelite men that it was, men was okay to sleep with these Moabite women who ended up who are worshiping cause these men to worship Baal. And then I just I don't see the connection though where exactly Balaam did that. I don't see it. Like I don't I have to go back and read this cuz it's confusing to me. But anyway, somehow Balaam had a a role to play in it. And yeah, he's God struck a bunch of them down by plague. Oh, no, let's see. What does it say? Take all the leaders of the people, execute them in broad daylight before the Lord so that his burning anger may turn away from. It wasn't a plague. Yeah, they executed them. All right, I got to go back and read that later. All right, so where was I? But Moses, see, I get on these tangents. So, yeah, the payor incident. So anyway. So now kill every male among the dependents. We're on verse 17. So now kill every male among the dependents and kill every woman who has gone to bed with a man. But keep alive for yourselves all the young females who have not gone to bed with a man. The virgins, basically. I don't even say virgins. Make it plain. Verse 19. You are to remain outside the camp for seven days. All of you and your prisoners who have killed a person or touched the dead are to purify yourselves on the third day and the seventh day. Also purify everything, garments, leather goods, good things made of goat hair and every article of wood. Then the priest Eleazar said to the soldiers who had gone to battle, this is the legal statute the Lord commanded Moses, the gold, silver, bronze, iron, tin, and lead, everything that can withstand fire, you are to pass through the through fire and it will be clean. It must be purified with the purification. Anything that cannot withstand fire pass through the water. See, this is going to be important later on because somewhere in the New Testament, I think in Revelation, somewhere on it talks about how there's going to be a test of fire. And I know this one pastor and one of my counselors, he always says he just hope when he passes through the fire, um, he this doesn't the burn smell isn't too bad. Um, because yeah, as Christians, we accept Jesus in our heart. We don't have to worry about the judgment seat of Christ. We have to worry about our concerns more about the, uh, the great white throne judgment, as far as I understand, where we'll actually be rewards and anything that we did that basically didn't matter. Like the wood, the hay, the wood, the hay, the stubble is going to burn up and anything that will last for eternity, gold, silver, bronze, God understands how all that works. That's going to pass through. So anyway, this is a good foreshadowing to that scripture. I can't remember exactly where it is. And since this is a long chapter, I'm not going to go back and I'm not going to go look that up. But go read that on your own. The whole passage about this verse 22 connected to um, that's a good study thing you can do later on. Just how this verse 22 
is a foreshadow to the whole trial by fire when all of our works remember we're not saved by works but our works will be judged in eternity so anyway all right um on the seventh day wash your clothes and you will be clean verse 24 after that you may enter the camp the lord told moses you the priest eleazar and the family heads and the family heads of the community are to take account of what was captured people and animals then divide the captives between the troops who went out to war and the entire community set aside a tribute for the Lord and from the, what belongs to the fighting men who went out to war. One out of every 500 people, cattle, donkeys and sheep and goats, take the tribute from their half and give it to the priest Eleazar as a contribution to the Lord. says one what does it say one out of every 500 people so basically a fifth and then take the tribute from their half and give it to the priest Eleazar hmm. going back to the fifth which is 20 percent is that what the math that came out to what a fifth is yeah isn't that right sorry I'm, I'm uh I can be kind of rusty at yeah one divided by 500 That'd be point zero zero two. So not exactly a fifth, because a fifth would be twenty percent. A one out of five hundred would be point zero zero two. So he's only asking for uh, two hundredths of a of a of the amount. Anyway, we're getting too deep <laughs> with all that math. I just I don't know. I was geeking out for a minute. All right. Uh, from the Israelites half, take. Verse 30, yeah, from the Israelites half, take one out of every 50 from the people. So then that would be 2%. Because the fifth would be 20%. This is 2%. And uh, before it was uh, 0.02%. So anyway, in this case, it's 2%. Uh, take one out of every 50 from the people, cattle, donkeys, sheep, and goats, all the livestock, and give them to the Levites who perform the duties of the Lord's tabernacle. So basically, it was saying the Levites get more. Eleazar gets a little bit, a smaller portion. That's how I read that. Who perform? All right. So Mo, verse 31. So Moses, the priest, and the priest, Eleazar, did as the Lord commanded Moses. The captives remaining from the plunder, the army had taken totaled. 675,000 sheep and goats. Man, that's a lot. 70, like, I'm thinking about Cadillacs, uh, Corvettes, uh, what else do people like? Porsches, houses. Yeah, imagine, yeah, you got, like, trailers, boats. Oh, Y'all can keep the boats. Anyway, 675,000, I'm trying to think this. Think of this in modern terms. You see 675,000 Corvettes. 600, yeah, 72,000 Porsches, 61,000 uh, Mustangs. <laughs> but anyway, so let me get back on it. 675,000 sheep and goats, 72,000 cattle, 61,000 donkeys, and 32,000 people, all the females who had not gone to bed with the men, with the man. I wonder how good looking these ladies were. Uh, the half portion for those who went out to war numbered 337,500 sheep and goats. 
verse 37, And the tribute to the Lord was 675 from the sheep and goats. From the 36,000 cattle, the tribute to the Lord was 72. From So yeah, we can do the math on that real quick. Yeah, 72 divided by 36,000. Yeah, 0.002. Smart. All right. Uh, from the 30,500 donkeys, the tribute to the Lord was 61. And from the 16,000 people, the tribute to the Lord was 32 people. What did these 32 people have to do when they were tributed? Anyway, our Moses gave the tribute to the priest Eleazar as a contribution for the Lord, as the Lord had commanded Moses from the Israelites half, which Moses separated from the men who fought. The community's half was 337,500 sheep and goats, 36,000 cattle, and 30,500 donkeys and 16,000 people. Moses took one out of every 50 selected from the people and the livestock of the Israelites have. He gave them to the Levites who performed the duties of the Lord's tabernacle as the Lord had commanded him. The officers who were over the thousands of the army, the commanders of thousands and of hundreds, approached Moses and told him, Your servants have taken a census of the fighting men under our command, and not one of us is missing so we have presented to the lord an offering of the gold articles each man found armlets bracelets rings earrings and necklaces to make atonement for ourselves before the lord moses and the priest eleazar received from them all the articles made out of gold all the gold of the contribution they offered to the lord from the commanders of thousands and of hundreds was 420 pounds each of the soldiers had taken plunder for himself Moses and the priest Eleazar received the gold from the commander of thousands and of hundreds and brought it into the tent of meeting as a memorial, as a memorial for the Israelites before the Lord. Ooh, that was a lot. All right. So foreshadow. Let's put that word in here. Shadow to great white throne. And we meant to put, where was it? Yeah, 72 divided by 36,500. Yeah, no. Hold on a second, y'all. Yeah, 72 divided by 36. Yeah, that's the one's point zero zero two. Yeah, anyway, we'll look at that more later. All right, so let's read these Tony Evans notes and then close this out because this episode is approaching 30 minutes all right so god's vengeance vengeance against the midianites would be fierce because of their part in seducing israel into the degrading worship of baal or as i said in an old episode you could also call it baal that's the other way you can pronounce that each tribe had been affected by the sin of baal worship so each tribe would be involved in cleansing the source of this sin Phinehas, son of Eleazar, who had been zealous for God's holiness in the event to be avenged, accompanied the troops. One of those killed along with the soldiers in the Midianite kings was Balaam, son of Baor, who suffered the consequences of his sin. See 3116. Uh, we already saw that. Romans 
Why is Romans 623? I gotta look this up real quick. Why is he referencing Romans 623? What that got to do with this? Romans 6. What's this got to do? Got to do with it. Because uh, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Isn't that Romans 623? Why is he... I'm saying. Yeah. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yeah. So, that's what's crazy. So, as I said in some of the other episodes, that's why I love, why I love that we live under grace. Because you imagine every time you sinned, even at the smallest thing, I mean, I'm talking about like you took some popcorn from your, from your brother or something while he wasn't looking. You didn't even ask for it. Just like that. You looking over your shoulder because somebody will come up there and, you know, cut your hand off or steal him. Or, um, yeah, if you, you name the sin, you died on in an instant, whether it was getting sucked into the ground or you just, I don't know, whatever way God chose for you to die. Can you imagine this as soon as you sinned, you were gone? Or back then you had to go to the priest and, yeah, they had to sacrifice animals and all that constantly that's why i'm so thankful for jesus because he covers a multitude of sins all of our sins because the wages of sin is death not just and when he talks about death we will talk about that more as we read through this as far as i know he's not just talking always about physical death but also experiencing like spiritual death because um, over time it does something to our spirit spirit man the more you sin the more you're like numb to it the easier it is for you to keep doing it and yeah sin doesn't always lead to physical death right away a lot of times it, it's a process all right so the israelite troops failed to follow the lord's command they took the midianite women and their dependents captive as they destroyed the midianites dwellings and took all the spoils Moses couldn't believe it. Some of the women whom they had captured were the very ones who had incited the Israelites to unfaithfulness in the first place. That's why I think these women were very good looking because they were like, Holly Berry, or I should say, um, like I think Vivica Fox plays, uh, y'all should go watch Solomon, the movie Solomon. Because um, Vivica Fox plays the Queen of Sheba. And it will let you know why they didn't. That's probably why they didn't want to kill these women. They like, but Lord God, look how fine she is. I can't take her out. <laughs> Shoot, they were giving them the eyes like that little. Anyway, I'm getting. I'm gonna be careful here. All right, so they had lured Israelite men to commit sexual immorality and worshiping Baal. Resulting in the very plague that killed 24,000 Israelites. So there's something about, as I said before, sex and um, idolatry can kind of go hand in hand. They, if you notice, like most of our entertainment in America, North America or around the world, it all like, if you look at gambling, like in Vegas, like it's all kind of like tied together. It's all like sexual sin is kind of like at the root of all of it. So 
Anyway, resulting in the very plague that killed 24,000 Israelites. Yeah, all right. So Moses gave the following command, kill every woman who has gone to bed with a man. In other words, those who had not participated in the immorality of the Peor incident were permitted to live. The execution of the others was a necessary purge of evil, lest the Midianites' ways be allowed to further influence and endanger God's covenant people. I, I won't even lie. I kind of struggle with this because, you know, a lot of people will quote like, oh, well, Jesus hung out with sinners. Jesus, you know, hung around sinners. And they'll say that a lot. And yeah, he he was around sinners, but he didn't like partake in what they were doing. And like he didn't spend most of their time. And was if he was, he was usually with his disciples, as far as I understand. And uh, yeah. He was a friend of sinners, but I mean, and at the end of the day, we're all sinners, but there's kind of like what I say, like degrees to it or like people who there's people who practice sin, like as a regular way. And there's people that I'm just I know I'm a sinner, but I know I'm in need of a savior. So like that's one of my most like, yeah, one of the most I feel like misquoted things that people pull out of the Bible is like, well, Jesus hung out with sinners, but like. He wasn't constantly around those who practiced it like deep into it. And he was constantly like saying, you know, like the woman at the well or the woman that was about to be stoned in John chapter eight. Like he said, go and sin no more. So like he wasn't afraid to like call it out and say, hey, you might want to not might. You need to stop this because it's going to lead to your death anyway. We'll talk about that more as we go into the New Testament. But I don't even know where I got from that. Basically, I need I keep saying this over and over again as I read the Old Testament. God takes sin very seriously. And it's easy for us in modern day times to not take it so seriously because we're just like, oh, Jesus knows my heart. You're like, we live under the time of grace where these things don't happen, where you can just get stoned for committing X, Y, Z sin. All right, uh, you know how the whole community pulling out people committing adultery and saying we're going to stone them right here and there. All right, so the Midianite campaign had been a tremendous success, but the leaders of the troops who had fought had one more blessing to report and a gift of thanks to offer. They informed Moses that not one of their soldiers was missing after the battle. None had been lost. Hmm. They recognized how incredible this was and wanted to make a sacrificial offering of thanks to God for his divine protection. To suffer no casualties in a battle of this size is unheard of, and these soldiers knew it. Their offering was given entirely of their own free will. We talked about that before, free will offerings. Um, and it was over-the-top generous because they knew what God had done for them and their fellow troops. The atonement they spoke of was probably not a reference to some sin, but rather a recognition that God's faithfulness to them was far from what they deserved, was far more than they deserved. This offering recognized that everything the Israelites possessed came from the hand of the Lord and served as a reminder that he is able to supply every need God loves it when giving is done willingly, cheerfully, and generously. You can go see 2 Corinthians 9, 6, 8, that God loves a cheerful giver. I think that's probably what's missed most about giving. It's like, just imagine if you were in battle 
our battles are spiritual. They're not, you know, most of us aren't out fighting in some war. Right. So our battles are usually, you know, usually spiritual. And uh, just imagine when you overcome it, just how much joy you have and how easy it is to just be kind of nonchalant about it versus like being like, Lord, thank you for helping me overcome that battle and like thinking of ways that you can thank him whether it's with your just having a you know a session of all like you know what god i'm just gonna take the whole day off today and just spend time with you in prayer and just worship you and just thank you for what you that battle you just helped me overcome or you know once again i said like our bodies are like consecrating ourselves before the lord or offering ourselves as the greatest sacrifice we can make like our time our talent our treasures uh, not yeah us everything rather than yeah just giving money into the church or you name it anyway my whole point is like just thanking the lord when he helps us overcome battles it's important it's good to do just offering ourselves to him um anyway is there anything else yeah and just having a cheerful heart about whatever it is we give not giving grudgingly but giving cheerfully and generously so dear heavenly father thank you for this word thank you for uh numbers 31 thank you what you constantly speaking to us transforming us making us new lord i thank you lord for those that don't know you yet lord i pray that they will put their trust their hope in you and as I keep saying, Lord, uh, you said in your word that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so, um, yeah, Romans six twenty three says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. So um, we thank you, Lord, that we live under the age of grace. We don't want to take advantage of that grace, Lord. So, yeah, for those that don't know you, they just pray that say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, change me, transform me, make me new. And from this day forward, I commit my life to you and accept you as into my heart as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. All right. That episode went a little bit longer, but you know what? It was 54 verses. So that's pretty good considering... We got it done in other four, under 40 minutes and said all the things that I said. So, all right, we'll be back for numbers 32. Keep it rolling.